0: still burn beneath america's ashiest podcast the pod people i'm the demon matisse van rossom
1: i'm uh the gimp cop ben sheets
2: (laughs) (laughs) hi and i'm cleveland mosier and i just got a letter the other day from someone named mary y'all know anything about that
0: not me i wouldn't know anything around these parts (laughs) you get letters
2: (laughs) (laughs) What year is it, even?
0: Well, what year is it is a great question, because this week it's 2006, and we're talking about Cleveland's Choice, the film Silent Hill, based on the uh, Japanese game series by Konami, uh, directed by Christoph Gans, and starring uh, Rada Mitchell, Laurie Holden, Sean Bean, Deborah Kara Unger. And uh, Jodell Furland. Cleveland, this was your choice. It was. Was it everything you remembered and so much more? No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was not. Uh, Both yes and no, if, if we're being completely honest. There was a lot that held up. And there was a lot that did not, that I was already aware of. I'd, I'd watched this film relatively recently, you know, the past two or so years. I'm, I, at some point, I'm sure I, I, I re-watched it. I'd, I'd seen it a good number of times. Uh, but I picked it uh, for several reasons. First, I am a huge fan of the games, uh, the franchise in general. Um, uh, but primarily uh, Silent Hill 2. That's, that's my favorite It's one of my favorite games of all time, for all the reasons it's the favorite game of all time for many critics in the games industry. And the other more relevant reason I picked it now is because Dead by Daylight, a different game franchise, just released a big DLC patch where you can play as Pyramid Head and Cheryl. It's extremely fun, and I've been having a blast with it. Not a sponsor, uh but it's the closest but if we're dead gonna by
0: daylight wants to give us money
2: hey yeah but yeah shout out to dead by daylight great game I'm having a blast they're also celebrating their four fourth year anniversary why is the sponsor shelf glowing yeah and in, shaking in, too in, in anger <laughs> uh, i don't know but anyway um it's the closest we're likely going to get to an actual silent hill game anytime soon i hope i'm wrong uh, with a big asterisk on that but it's a pretty large franchise. I, I forget how many games there have been exactly, but there's been one on the Wii U. There's been one on all sorts of different platforms. When did and the such. first
0: one come out? Like, 97, 98, something like that? Thereabouts,
2: yeah. Um, I told myself I'd do a whole bunch of research on the, the games again and kind of rejog my memories. It's been a long time since I've looked into all of it, and I didn't. So uh, you're gonna get some some nebulous recollections from me for throughout the podcast.
0: Well, all I know is that Konami still holds the license, and they seem uh, pretty dedicated these days to only making pachinko machines and slot machines. Hit the lever. Um, so yeah, there have uh, there have been a lot of uh, Silent Hill slot machines. If you go to like casinos <sighs> in Japan and stuff,
2: my soul hurts. Can,
0: uh, Pyramid Head can you know slash up some. Money for you? I don't fucking
2: know. Yeah, I don't know uh, how those things work, and I don't—I don't care to know.
0: Well, uh how did this movie scratch that Silent Hill itch for you? I have seen this movie before too, several times. Actually, the first time I watched it was with you, Cleveland, when we were in high school. You introduced it to me. <laughs> it's probably somewhere around two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Back then, I loved
1: it. I haven't seen this movie before. I was surprised, because I, I'm a big fan of the games, much like you, Cleve. Uh, Silent Hill 2, in
2: particular, is a real standout. Honestly, Ben, I think your perspective is probably the one that, I, as a listener, I'd be most interested in hearing, because you're a fan of the games, but you would never seen the film. So, why don't you just uh, you know, go off for a little bit and tell sure, us about that. Sure, sure.
1: So, uh, it's interesting, because with video game movies in general, the quality expectation is very low uh there's usually a lot lost in translation especially considering games are a medium where you have active agency Whereas with movies, you're a very passive observer. And also just,
0: like, the time difference, too. Most video games uh, are—the story is told over the course of anywhere from, like, five to, geez, these days, like, 40 hours, you know? And in a movie, if you're trying to adapt a video game, you have to cram it all into, you know, an hour and a half, two hours long— and I think that really hurts the the translation a lot. Like, video game movies are notoriously bad, and this is the first one we've talked about on the podcast – but I've seen a handful that have been really terrible, rough
2: ones. I'm, yeah. I'm sure in an alternate reality, we we covered the version of the Sonic film where they didn't fix Sonic. Uh, right. I, I'm sure there's an alternate reality where we picked that for a podcast episode. I feel like
0: at some point we'll inevitably have to cover Resident Evil, but <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, at some point, I, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing it again just to just the first one, uh, just to <laughs> just to see. But anyway, enough about that. Yeah, Um, continue uh,
1: But yeah, I I think Silent Hill is an interesting one because I feel like a lot of what makes those games good are inherent to the medium of video games in that like, it's a lot of running around corridors and a lot of walking around and running away from enemies. So I was a little worried about how this film would hold up. And I think, honestly, it might be the best video game movie i've seen you know it's in close contentions with uh super mario brothers obviously (laughs) but uh i think it does a really fantastic job capturing the spirit of the silent hill games both good and bad the games are very you know notorious for their stilted dialogue Especially their, you know, English dialogue, considering it's a Japanese company. And this movie definitely has some stilted dialogue. Uh, Boy howdy does it. (laughs) But I think it also captures, you know, some of those unsettling sequences. You get a lot of weird overhead camera movement of going through spaces. Uh, The production design is pretty good. And even the creatures I thought
2: were pretty good. You know, I think the CG is definitely dated in many but. circumstances. There were a few where I thought it held up all right. Um it's it's kind of all over the place. There are a few you like external money. Yeah. yeah, there are a few like external shots where the environment is changing and it looks like a video game. It's a little bit too smooth and sort of rough, but th- some of the creatures um they do a decent job, uh, like the CG creatures, they do a decent job of like keeping the camera far enough away, keeping the cuts short enough that even now, like the patient demon, I think didn't look terrible. You know what? Um, I thought it looked all right. Still,
0: you know, what's bad about the CG. I was, I was trying to put my finger on it for a lot of the movie and I, I finally figured it out in the scene where pyramid head is chasing them through the school with all the bugs. Cause the bugs look really fucking bad. It's like their textures are fine. The lighting is inconsistent, right? Like the, which, which is like those two things go really hand in hand in making like good yeah. CG. Like you want to have good textures, mm-hmm. believable textures and consistent lighting. And the lighting on the CG does yeah. not look like the same light sources as everything else. And what
2: I'll give props to is, uh, I will give props to the texture though, because like that era of CG, full of way too smooth stuff. For sure, like the film never, I think, had that problem where things looked too smooth. But yeah, the, they did have inconsistent lighting. You're very right about yeah. that. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought it up that way. But when it comes to the practicals. Holy shit, one of my favorite films for that. Like, one of my favorite films for practical effects. I adore a lot of uh, the features in this film. The the behind-the-scenes are well worth watching. I think there's some super cool, like, insights, uh you know there there are shots where they like they actually like pulled walls out of the way to pivot the camera around and then reclosed it again and all kinds of neat tricks
0: you know filmmaking stuff
2: yeah it's fun and stuff
0: that they do when they make movies yeah i yeah. know
2: but um uh, it, it it's fun like the yeah, the well, dance team for the nurses and we can dig into that more some of
1: the the camera work is especially necessary for you know the series because a lot of the camera work in the games is so notoriously off-kilter and meant to disorient you. One thing that I kept thinking throughout the movie is I was expecting like a very normified, a normie-centric take on Silent no, Hill. No, you get the opposite. <laughs> uh, with this, uh, you know, it's a mainstream video game movie, so I was expecting something very safe. And I think it was the scene where Pyramid Head rips all of the skin off of a girl yeah. and throws it at a church door where it just really clicked that, oh, yep, this is not your box standard yeah. Normy horror movie. That's
0: what I appreciate about this movie is that it does it does take some risks. Uh, this is probably the least I've enjoyed it out of any times I've watched it. Oh, same. It is aging like cheese for me, or not like cheese, like fucking milk. But um, it is. Uh, I, I definitely do appreciate the non-norminess of it, uh, as you said. <laughs> Apparently, Christoph Gans got the rights from Konami because he like basically sent them an audition video being like, I love Silent Hill, it's like my favorite game franchise, I want to make a movie, and he like did some super low-budget like proof-of-concept scenes that he just put music from the games under, sent that to Konami, and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll license this to you to make a movie. (laughs) So, I mean, at least you can say that unlike with somebody maybe like Uwe Boll, who has directed a lot of video <laughs> game movies, that this movie was at least made by a true fan of the franchise. Just not a particularly good filmmaker, I don't think.
2: Yeah, it's so funny. Like, this film most certainly does not have the problem of being uh, a over-executive film. Fuck, that sounded terrible. Um, But it it didn't have the problem of of too much board oversight or becoming a camel. It's clearly a love letter to the games, almost to its disservice uh, at, at certain times. For as much as it cared about the games, I think it did still miss some of the points. And a big one is the dialogue. But before I dig into that, I do think it's It'd be good for our listeners who aren't familiar with Silent Hill to sort of dig into what it is, what the the general premise of Silent Hill is. Silent Hill is a is a coal mining town in, I believe, West Virginia. And well,
0: that's where it is in the movie. I don't know that's where it is in and the movie. In the games, <laughs>
2: games as well, I believe. And it's a coal mine it was an abandoned coal mining town in West Virginia that saw a degree uh, a number of like coal fires underground and the town had to be evacuated and there were many deaths. Um, and each of the games take place from a different character's perspective um, as they have to return to Silent Hill for some sort of reason. And it's, spoiler alert, it's slowly revealed to you over the course of the game via context clues that your character has entered a sort of purgatory. Silent Hill has sort of two living states that it's in, this this town. It has a, a very quiet passive misty atmosphere with it occasionally descends into a, a more fiery hell uh, as the walls sort of rust over and the the monsters appear and the monsters you see are actually
1: projections yes of the characters guilts and fears.
2: Which I think is one of the coolest aspects of Silent Hill. Oh, I fully agree, and it leads to some incredible Freudian designs uh, with these these creatures. Like each game has such a unique flavor of its own because of the monsters that come out of that character's psyche uh, that you have to fend off. Like, and for instance, uh, in the second game, James's character, uh, the, your quote protagonist, is sort of revealed to be like horrible misogynistic. Uh, and i believe um abusive to his wife well we, he we learn. he leaves this wife who has cancer yeah we see that rep- represented in the form of pyramid head who is this like like hyper masculinized figure you know he's he's wield he's dragging this giant you know phallic knife around with him he's he's like oh he's all ripped Um, and muscular, and he's this butcher character. Well, even more so than that, in Silent Hill 2, we get mannequins where
1: they're only from the waist down, Mm -hmm. and it's just... uh, Kind of flipped, so like where their it's two body, sets of legs. Yeah, body would be. It's just more legs. Yeah, and they kind of writhe around, and that's you know obviously
2: projecting. And in his, the hospital, they're like the sexualized, like horrifying nurses. That yeah, is guilt around.
1: about you know leaving his wife who has cancer with the nurses. That's very uh, you know very clear uh, connection between the two and. Mm-hmm the mannequins you know his
2: view on sexuality in general so it's it's just it's a fascinating dive into psychosis and approaching it from a very similar perspective as something like jacob's ladder you know this it's this descent into hell it's seen as a, a literal descent as you you travel deeper into this this town that becomes something more uh, and it becomes your own sort of like afterlife and torment and I love that idea. I I love I love that premise. And I think one of the coolest things about it is that it was created by an Eastern team. The Eastern perspective looking at like classic America gives it this slightly off, almost alien perspective, you know, because we're seeing like a an interpretation of the American that isn't American per se. Um, in the same way, I don't know, man. Have you ever been to West Virginia? Um, so I haven't been to West Virginia, but I have actually been to the town that Silent Hill was based off of
0: the movie. Silent Hill was based off of
2: the games as well. If no, I, no. I read it. I was
0: researching it this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Centra- Centralia, Pennsylvania, like the, the coal fires burning under the city is something that was very specific to like the film. The the movie adaptation. Oh my That's be- what like inspired Christoph Gans. He's like, Oh yeah, that would that's a really cool take for Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Um I have, uh, I have never played a Silent Hill, so all of, my, uh, all of my knowledge about this franchise comes from osmosis through my friends and from this movie.
2: <laughs> but yeah, no, I was, um, I'm such a big nerd of the franchise that I, I did actually go on a pilgrimage with several other friends up to uh, Centralia, Pennsylvania, where we brought gas masks and thermal detectors, and we went into the town and uh, sort of looked around. Uh, and saw like the this this actual real life abandoned coal mining town where the fires were still burning beneath. And it's crazy. You, you see you walk around and you just see the smoke rising up from the fucking ground. The interstate is abandoned there. Uh, they had to they had to cut it off. Um, and so we we went to the, the section that was cut off and there's just this huge crack running down it. And there's all sorts of like cool graffiti and uh, among which there's there's someone like who spray painted like damn it, James <laughs> and a few other fun things. But it's a really fascinating place. And there's there's I believe there's been concern that, you know, the fires are going to will will spread to to Ashland, uh, the nearby town, and um, that there's enough fuel there for it to burn for something like a thousand years or something ridiculous. Silent Hill, too. Um, well, more on that later. But. I think that, that pretty well sums up the games and the, the franchise um, as a whole. And there have been a lot of cool mechanics involved with that throughout, I think, the Wii version or one of the games. Like, had you sitting down with a psychologist, and you'd, you could check off things that scared you, that, that uh, gave you fear, and they would uh, take form in the game in some capacity. I never played that one, but I thought that idea was fascinating. The hallmarks of the games have always been, as Ben brought up earlier, still to dialogue. And atmosphere. And I wanted to talk about how and why the stilted dialogue is successful in the games, or at least the early games, Um, and in particular Silent Hill 2 for me, in that when characters spoke with each other, it felt off and it felt by design. When James is talking to someone else, he takes a lot of pauses and acts almost like someone with dementia who's sort of lost and forgotten what room they're in. I'm looking for someone named Mary. And when you have characters that talk to each other and they, they sound so distant and far away and like they're almost having these conversations with themselves, it feels like two ghosts interacting with each other. It feels like something out of purgatory. It feels like a, a, a slightly wrong reimagining of the town you grew up in. And I love that. I think that the the dialogue in the film is stilted for very different reasons.
1: (laughs) Interesting. I think it mostly works in the same respects. I think there are some aspects where it is a little groan-worthy, um, but there's also aspects that I feel like are almost giallo esque. Yes. In that, like it is very stilted, but it's in a movie that is very style over substance. Anyways, that I don't mind it as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly a lot of the church stuff. I. Oh my god, that shit I, sucks. I, it's man. painful. I I think the dialogue is. Bad, but the visuals are fun enough to get me through it for the most part.
0: I kind of disagree with you on the style over substance thing. I think that the style is successful and the substance is not. But I think this movie has a lot of quote unquote substance, or it is trying to be substantive. I think I would consider it bloated in that regard, yes, too.
2: Almost too substantial.
0: Yeah, like there's too much fucking plot, there's too many twists and turns, there's too many characters. I haven't played the games, but the impression that I've always gotten is that so much of it is like you walking around this place alone mm-hmm. and you encounter people every now and then and like by the by the end of this movie by like even fucking halfway through the movie there's just all of these characters all over the place and i feel like that deflates so much of that the atmosphere that makes like the early parts of the movie good when when our main character rose yeah yes she's rose and the little girl is sharon Mm -hmm. um (laughs) Haha,
2: more on that.
0: When she first gets to Silent Hill, that stuff is the best in the movie, I think, where she's, like, exploring the town and, like, sort of figuring out its rules and stuff like that. Then you introduce the bondage cop and things start getting worse and then you introduce the church cult and things start getting worse
2: way worse and then
0: you and then you like introduce the the demon the like evil little girl character and it's just and the is, detective and, and, and oh my the,
2: god you know like there's there's so much yeah and, and earlier i said the film while it is it is so true to the tra- the franchise and it cares you can tell like the the makers of the film like really gave a shit and and studied the games and wanted to write this as a lo- like make this as a love letter to them. They missed some crucial factors, and this is by far, I think, the most crucial. All of the stuff we we're talking about when it comes to the psychology of care of the characters, like oh, the, the 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 monsters represent this person's psychosis, and this this and this, or that that Silent Hill acts as a purgatory, and it's like yeah. they're descending to hell. None of that is ever said in like the good games. None of that is ever mentioned. That is all by context. That's why it works. You feel like you're caught up in this strange environment and you don't understand what is going on and it is that loneliness, that isolation, and that alien concept uh, that makes you feel like you've entered this strange and horrifying purgatory where you're forced to introspect you know via like the these these horrors and the film, cannot stop it cannot help itself from constantly telling you what is going on it feels this just this deep need to like regularly Explain everything. drop exposition yeah, on you and it is so in contrast to the games you can get from the beginning to the end and not understand what silent hill is you can have certain things explained to you you know like this hell is was brought up because cult did thing or these ghosts are here because of this, but what Silent Hill itself is, is rarely said. And if it is, it's said at the very end, you know? Um, but, like, the explanations of, like, for instance, like you were getting into the coal fires burning underground and all that, that's brought up to us very early on in the film. You don't get that in the games. You never get that in Silent Hill 2, for instance.
0: I think that kind of context is fine for, like, why the town is abandoned. Yeah, because but... I think
1: that's pretty much added with the movie. Like, you know, I yeah. It's mm-hmm.
0: not
2: explicit in the game. I think, exactly. I, think and I think it's better because it's not explicit.
0: I think that's fine. Where I start to have a problem with it is, like... Man, the whole last third of this movie. This movie's so fucking long. It's Truth. 2 hours and f- it's 2 hours and 5 minutes. Yeah, it is it's a slog. And like the whole last 45 minutes just has so much fucking exposition and so much like harebrained dumb ideas about like why the town is like haunted and shit uh, in the way that it is and that that shit feels like studio interference to me in a lot of ways i did read an interesting fact this morning that apparently in the original script there were no male characters it was all female characters and when they gave the script to the studio they're like they sent it back and said, there's no men in here. So they rolled in Sean Bean's character and the detective. Real. That's really Real. funny. Who my two least favorite characters wow. in the movie. That, the
1: whole Sean Bean subplot really feels unnecessary. He muddies the shit out of it, yeah, too. Yeah, and well when you bring in literally Detective Gucci it literally just adds exposition at yeah. one point he goes to what we like to call the the book expository yeah, it was a fucking
0: uh, uh, like archive building, and outside there's a neon sign that says exposition. <laughs> like, I could not fucking believe that that like it's literally just the build the exposition building. There's so much of that in this movie. That's too. the thing.
1: I I want to push back a little bit on some of the stuff earlier because I think, especially like Silent Hill One, gets pretty convoluted as a game. But the thing is. I have a problem with it in the game, too. Like, it gets overly complicated in the game uh, to its detriment. Uh, Whereas I think, like, for example, with Silent Hill 2, I think they remedy a lot of those problems. With some of the more explicit things with the games, They, they do it in a really interesting or novel way. Rather than just straight out being like, this is what happens. And, you know, like, I think the detective, uh, Sean Bean, all that subplot is so... Sucks, man. uh, You know, indicative of how they're trying to be too direct in explaining. I also felt like the whole burnt kid stuff felt a little tacked on at the end well let's describe the
0: plot in broad strokes before we start getting into specifics Mm -hmm. sure so we have uh our our parents uh Rose and Christopher and their their adopted daughter Sharon who sleepwalks and has night terrors and screams out the name Silent Hill in her sleep. So uh Rose thinking that uh maybe it'll fix her decides to find out what is Silent Hill. Let's go there. She goes there and is like sucked into this purgatory and has to like find her daughter and figure out what's going on here, and there's a cult, and there's this other woman who has a daughter who looks exactly like Sharon. Who we see all over the place, and it's like, ooh, what's going on here? So, like, that is, that is like the central conceit. They kind of stick to the tradition of the games as, like, somebody is drawn to Silent Hill seeking something. Okay, cool, fine, whatever. But then also, you've got fucking Sean Bean who goes after her because he thinks that, uh, that she's crazy and, like, they need to put Sharon in the hospital. So he has his own whole investigation into Silent Hill, but. He's not in, like, the purgatory version. So everywhere he's looking, it's like he feels her because she's close by in, like, the spooky version of Silent Hill. But they can't they can't connect. And that shit is so boring. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> and I hate Detective Gucci. He's the worst detective. He's, first of all, a terrible detective. And also, shit just gets outright confusing with him at the end. When it's revealed that, like, he and the other people who live around Silent Hill, like, know that it's a hell world and that they're trying to keep people out. And we see at the end (laughs) where he's the one who found, like, the burned little girl, Alessa, who looks like, uh, Sharon, but that was 30 fucking years ago, well, and he looks the same in present day. He's the same age. And there are so many, is like, weird, supposed to be a we, ghost or we something. We should say, like, Alessa like,
1: does look like the girl, but she also looks like a fucking pretzel bun after she's burnt. Oh, yeah. Is she That makeup is. Ugh. it's, it's bizarre. It looks good, it looks fine
0: from a distance, but they do some close-ups on her, on, like, burnt Alessa's face, and it, <laughs> it looks really, rough. It doesn't really, look spooky. It
2: looks really derpy. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't look scary. Um, uh, Which, all oh, oh, and considering the subject matter, like, I think that's kind of hard to fuck up. A child who has been burned is is horrifying and terrible and you've already got me come on <laughs> um but no there are some really yeah, fucked up fucking like weird motives is
0: more the less you showed the better the yeah. alessa is more uh, uh, uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that just took five years off my life <laughs>
2: Um, but no, there are some really fucking weird motives in this movie. I think one of the weirdest is a uh, bondage cop early on. Oh, by the way, we're calling her bondage cop because the police officer in this film, she looks more like a dominatrix themed police officer than an actual She's police officer. She's wearing
0: leather pants. Her
2: costume is way too, yeah, like. Very leather, Sexually minded. Yeah. Like, it's it's odd. It, it's very gazy. Um, She's
0: played by Laurie Holden, who some might know as Andrea from The Walking Dead. Oh Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah.
2: Our, our first interaction with her is Rose and Sharon stop at a gas station. She goes and uh, Rose goes inside. Sharon, the, the child, is in the car. The police officer comes by, looks in the car, says, you're doing OK, sweetie. And the girl says, don't talk to strangers and, you know, rolls, rolls up her the window. window yeah. She says, good girl. So we have an interaction between the police officer and the, the girl. She knows she exists. And she clearly also cares about the kid. We also get exposition later on revealing that, that she like went down a well or something for a kid or no, whatever. Some, ki- some
0: psycho threw a kid down a mine shaft yeah. several years uh, before. And so she went down in the mine shaft to get the kid and was stuck yeah. down there for like three days or something. So,
2: like that. so, so she has clearly trauma. the 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 film wants us to believe that she cares about kids so much, so much like
0: beyond the call of duty, cut to
2: five minutes later, <laughs> <laughs> cut to five fucking minutes later where the police officer tries to sh- stop Rose for whatever reason. She's just being a shitty cop. What's new? And uh, they get in a car chase, they get in a car chase. She breaks through or whatever. She gets in a car wreck. They reckon in, in on the other side in Silent Hill. Things are spooky. They reunite and Sharon is gone. The child is gone from the car. Rose is trying to figure out what to do, and the cop comes over and sees the child is not there, handcuffs Rose, and says, I'm taking you back to the station. Looks like we're going to have to walk. It's a long way or yeah, something. Yeah, I, re- like I that. wrecked
0: my bike, so we're going to have to hike 15 miles back to town.
2: And meanwhile, Rose is shouting, believably. My child, my child is missing. My, my yeah, kid is yeah, missing. We need to here. find my kid. And she's and she just ignores her. I, the cop just ignores her.
0: I wrote down a, a specific line uh, that the cop says. She's, ta- she's talking about how, like, oh, you uh, you city types coming out here, you know, to our country, you know, towns or whatever. But she says specifically... Uh, this is verbatim you get off the highway from the big city bring all your sick problems with you
1: <laughs>
0: so like yeah people from the city just like come out into the boonies in west virginia with to diddle kids or whatever Man, like, yeah there are
2: several times where you get characters who like her sick who problem is on that her child like, is city missing. people yeah and it's like it's it 's the best they can do for like writing like small town people like it's it 's just like that they just like reinforce the stereotype it 's like small town people hate city people they get their salsa from New york city <laughs> like like and that's that's all also, all small town people are also like, it's really silly
0: Detective Gucci tells what a Sh- name I know right it's so good uh, Detective Gucci tells uh Sean bean that uh he tells him like the story about bdsm cop, you know, finding, going after the kid down the mineshaft or whatever. And it's revealed later that, like, he helps and, like, protect the secret of Silent Hill. But BDSM cop, who works for his department, who is, uh, like, presumably close to him, does not know about Silent Hill. Nope. No, like, she's she is just, like, along for the fucking ride, and she is, like, real fast and loose with her gun, terrible on trigger discipline, so all around, like, what you would expect from a cop.
2: Also, like, (laughs) she's a cop from the town over. She's clearly been there for a while. She has a good relationship with Gucci. Why doesn't she know anything about Silent Hill? That's my point. Yeah, exactly. exactly- <laughs> like exactly. And uh, just to yeah reiterate,
0: like you start what the fuck? you start to look at any of it too closely, and it's really easy to poke big old, big holes, old holes. Big old
2: holes. And- um, yeah. And and what a bummer too. That's the thing is like like a story can get weird nebulous and even convoluted but as soon as it just starts like dropping like direct exposition i think that's that's where it all really like starts to get problematic oh and War on the subject of like the direct exposition. It's not just the exposition that is too ham fisted. It's also the subtext. Let's talk about oh, the, the fucking religious symbolism in this film. Even and this it's, it's not even subtext this It's just text. No, it's it's it is literally like Sean Beam, uh there there are sequences in the film where he's he's walking around, he's looking for Rose and Sharon. And if you're like even loosely familiar with like religious symbolisms. You're, you're familiar with, like, the flowers, Rose of Sharon, you know, and, like, all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, or like, if you've read you know, The Grapes, Grapes of, of Wrath, Wrath yeah. Rose of Sharon, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we just have Sean being walking around, being rocking around on these sets, just shouting,
0: Rose! Sharon! So much of this movie is Rose! just... It's just... Sharon! Sharon! Like, Sharon! Sharon! It, just made, it just made me think of Heavy Rain or whatever. <laughs> Sean! Sean! <laughs> Sean! And. Sean! Dad, I knew you'd come Sean!
1: and save me.
2: Sean! 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 All, all I could think during that was just like him walking around just shouting like, subtext! Subtext! Subtext the film is just screaming subtext at you, and it's like you're right it's not subtext anymore if you're just you have you feel this need to scream it yeah and uh, again one of my one of my issues is my my most familiar interactions with Silent Hill is Silent Hill Two. There's little to no religious iconography or symbolism there. I think Silent Hill, like four the or 3 first one, does like gets into the cult yeah. stuff, and I think they get back into that in like uh, three in the room and stuff as well. But the cult stuff, even then, like from what I understand, like it's Christianity adjacent right
1: no No. not really it's pretty
2: direct yeah and it's
1: one of my less liked things about the series yeah (laughs) when they go too convoluted into that stuff honestly Mm. yeah i feel like the need Um, to like
0: explain silent hill is a is just in general like a downfall i think it's most effective when it just exists yeah
2: and you know what i i would say that goes we were talking about this last night actually that goes for a lot of lovecraftian-esque detective narratives as well where a big cult at the end being responsible for it as a cop out, like, yeah. and it, it and it's it just it feels lazy. Well,
0: it's yeah, it's it's overdone at this point. Yes, yeah, I think they're tropy, and, yeah.
2: and I think there's still cool ways you can I do love it. I Culty and, stuff, though. like,
0: like I like that's some of my favorite shit. But yeah, like same. it's a, it is. It's a very easy narrative. It's a convenient kind of tired device. at this yeah. point.
1: Yeah, like, um, I, and I think mean,
0: it can be done very well. but sure. It's but you have to bring something different to it. And the cult in this is really annoying because it is to use your term Christianity adjacent. Mm-hmm. And most of what they're shouting in all of their like big scenes is they're just shouting random shit about sin mm-hmm. and just like very generic, like ah, the, the child is is the incarnation of sin and just like yelling shit from the book of revelations and it's
2: like it's shallowly researched and shallowly realized well Okay, so forgive me if this is wrong. It's been a, a little while since I've watched the making of, but if I remember correctly, like okay, early on when they're driving to Silent Hill, there's an old church sign that has like a like a Revelations esque quote on it and stuff. Oh, and on that,
0: the inside of the school when she walks in. No, it's on the,
2: the on the on this on outside on the road. There's a church they pass that says like something about the judgment of angels or whatever. And they shall be judged. It, I don't it's on a that. it's on a sign. It, it, but anyway, like that quote and a lot of the other quotes, like quote from the Bible in the the film, are actually just are just made up for the movie. But regardless of that, it's very shallow, and I think it's almost worse for it. The problem I have with the cult stuff
1: is I feel like a lot of it is tacked on to the last third. Yeah, uh, you seriously. know there are very vague foreshadowings of that. But it really descends into full on witch burning cult Jonestown. Well, introducing know,
0: Ali- Alice Krieg's character. And it's. Christabella.
2: Oh, God, what a bad name.
0: Sorry to any Cristabellas listening. Yeah. I will say,
2: Christabella, if you're listening, you're a real person, and so you can get away with it.
1: I will say, <laughs> while. Your name is Valid I Girl. Keep it up. I thought a lot of the cult stuff was pretty sloppy. I did like Alice Krieg. I did think she gave a pretty fun performance. Yes,
2: I think her dialogue is terrible, but, like, her portrayal is great.
1: She's on record as
0: actually hating this character. She did not enjoy, she was not happy during the production of this movie. It seems
1: like she was kind of giving a campy performance, which I felt was fitting.
0: Well, she thought her character was too one-dimensional, so she was boring. That she
2: was too... That's so true. That she was
0: too evil without having any redemptive qualities to make her somewhat sympathetic so that she was just like a bland villain so i think she was playing her very flat because i don't think she had a lot to work Work with
2: and she didn't she's so right for that too yeah
0: and like that's a she's a good actress being forced to play a a bad character that's interesting
1: because i feel like i almost read her performances like pushing the camp element a little further well, think, than the other characters did yeah the, which i guess i i like
2: I mean, when I T- when you say flatness like, like you mean one dimensionalness which is camp well uh, you know
1: a bored actor isn't gonna give a cartoony. particularly campy performance I mean, So i'm kind of surprised to hear that
0: i mean she's like i said she's a good actress so like even her worst is still good. I think you yeah. know, like she still pulls it off. I do. I do find that character really obnoxious, though. I mm-hmm. don't. I don't like that character. Same. Which is what makes her her undoing so satisfying. Um, before we Before we get into that, to go back to your point about the subtext, I think an interesting sort of divergence from that that I think is bad is. You mentioned that in the games, like, the monsters and stuff are representative of, like, specific aspects of, like, the protagonist's personality. So the the monsters are, like, personal to those characters. Mm -hmm. The monsters are basically, like, subtext incarnate in that sense. Yeah. But in this movie, pretty much all of the monsters are just ripped straight from the games and given to characters that they were not designed for. Exhibit A is Pyramid Head, is the Red Pyramid. And I I guess I haven't played the games, but I think that. While the designs of some of of the monsters are cool for me, they've never made a lot of sense in the context of like the film and the story. I, it feels like fan service. Well, it's fun. Be- it it it's
1: funny because the first monsters we see, the little kid monsters, yeah, I think work well within subtext in that you know she's lost her child, she's worried yeah about her ch- child in particular. In and that I sense, think I would agree. I yeah. think as well that whole sequence with her being chased by this horde of freakish demon kids is actually pretty effective yeah i thought that stuff worked pretty well
0: i'll agree with you on i'll agree with you on that scene it's other stuff like pyramid head and uh the nurses and stuff like at the end that just feel like hey member silent hill
2: now here's what i'll say while their their use isn't very good, like their execution is great. I'm definitely one of the folks who is uh, a little bit perturbed, like seeing Pyramid Head in in a film that doesn't have James in it. You know, like his foil, like it literally his foil. But also. I do love me some Pyramid Head and as a fan I'm happy to be serviced and see some Pyramid Head in it when he looks as good as he does. Because Pyramid Head looks fucking great in this movie. Same with the nurses the as well. The
0: execution of pretty much all the monsters I would say is pretty successful. All the live action yeah.
2: ones, yeah. yeah. Um, And I guess the, the CG babies as well, like they, they hold up alright. Um, some
0: shots don't look great but especially like that first one that we see, like that holds up pretty well. Mm-hmm.
2: And the patient demon too, like when it mm-hmm. comes out, like we never get like a tight shot of it, like we usually just get the legs walking or whatever like it's constantly cutting.
0: Well, as you mentioned earlier in the show, they they did hire dancers for all of the yes. the monsters, which I think is 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 a clever way to to realize these kinds of creatures that have like very weird disjointed movement. Apparently, the guy who played Pyramid Head, I'm blanking on his name, but I was reading about him earlier, like he was also the like choreographer for the entire movie. So for like all of the other monsters, so and he and he was the janitor too, the barbed wire janitor. I think that's pretty successful. Like, yeah, I think the the movement
1: good. of all of the monsters is really prima. No, yeah. I mean
2: visually, there's still some of my favorite movie and monsters. Ever. I think
1: the funny thing about Pyramid Head in this movie is the scene with him like stabbing through the door really does not work at all for Oh me. no Whatsoever. and him reaching through after also uh, yeah and bad. reaching through <laughs> yeah it's bad <laughs> That being said, later on, when he rips...
0: Yeah, when he rips the, the chick's skin off, that is a, a surprisingly effective scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it it just for gratuity's sake, but yeah, man, it, it, it does it work. It takes you
1: by such surprise that you you don't expect it whatsoever. Yeah,
0: it's it's extremely over the top, uh, which is, I think, what it needs to be. Um, I really liked that. Yeah, I, I was... I was surprised how much I didn't really enjoy the nurses sequence in this movie or in, in on this watch specifically cuz I used to like it but you know when when you talk about like the the context of those creatures in in Silent Hill 2 you know having to do with James and abandoning his wife who has cancer and sort of like being lecherous over, like, the nurses in the hospital, like, while he's, uh, you know, neglecting his dying wife, so to have these monsters be, like, perversions of that, but still, like, kind of sexy, cool for that character.
2: But as soon as you remove James, it gets male-gazy and weird.
0: Yeah, it it doesn't make sense in the context of Yeah, it's like, why are these
2: nurses sexualized? I don't get it. Because they
0: got some tiggle (laughs) biddies let's
1: think of this whole sequence you know like they appear she gets scared for a second they start moving creepily and then all stab each
2: other in the neck and they all die well there's a little more to that like like we do see the mechanics of how they work because it's quite cool in the game and i think i thought the the film like does an all right job of explaining to you that they they only move when the light is on them because she holds the flashlight out on them, and they all start, like, slowly walking towards with their bone-breaking walk. And she she shuts off the light, and they all stop. And then she shuts, you know, turns it on again. So she walks into the, the middle of them very carefully, trying not to touch them, and she turns on the light at the end, so they all kind of cluster around it, and she can get past. That doesn't change my point, though. I, no, no, what no, no, is no, the
1: purpose doesn't. of that well, sequence yeah. in no, the
2: no, movie? No, no. Uh, none. Narratively, it serves none, and it's... It's awful, which is what what we're getting into in our point, and I agree with that. Yeah. As a theme park ride, I fucking love it. This film is a really great. If you cut out a lot of the exposition, it's it's a great Silent Hill themed roller coaster ride. Going from set piece to set piece, seeing all the cool spooky monsters is fun, and I like getting on a, a superhero themed ride and like flying through and pretending I'm Spider Man or whatever the fuck else, or pretending I'm being chased by Pyramid Head to all these cool visuals. It's fun on a very base level but once you yeah once you try and like turn like a narrative perspective to it or try and see it like as something that encompasses that same atmosphere of silent hill it it falls the fuck apart
0: i think i would i would agree with you set piece wise cool the story sucks yeah and i would say the way to make this movie better would be get rid of 80 percent of the characters and cut the movie down by 45 minutes yeah Tight hour 20, get rid of Sean Bean, get rid of Detective Gucci, get rid of Bondage Cop. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. Get rid of the cult, too. Get rid of all of them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just well,
0: yeah, all of it. You <laughs> know, <laughs> I,
1: I really wish we had, like, a, a sort of transcendent scene, like the staircase scene in Silent Hill 2, where things are revealed, but it feels like in a very natural non-exposition-dumpy way.
2: Organically. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 just happens. The things happen before our eyes, and that's all we need. We don't need someone sitting down and saying, this is the story of Sharon, which is yeah. literally what they do in the film. Like, it's just like, okay, flashback time. Oh, well, yeah, and,
0: Alessa. And that Alessa, yeah, sorry, the, not Sharon. That is some of the messiest shit. Yes. Cut the whole thing out. Absol- Cut it out. Holy
2: shit, Absolutely. Man.
0: About how... Alessa got burned as a witch, and then a demon came to her, and then somehow gave birth to the good side of her yeah. that was 30 years later left on the doorstep of an orphanage for then Sean Bean and his <laughs> wife to, <laughs> when to you adopt. Explain it, to, um, then, to then come back to Silent Hill later. What the <laughs> fuck? That
2: t- and, and it's all like with with the framing of like the the really really hackneyed darkness and light bullshit that you hear in every like boring fantasy like narrative ever. It's just like more of the same like the darkness of Silent Hill, the darkness of Alessa, the dark is coming for our sin. More of that. And it's just it's so tired. I'm so I'm so over that. Look, Um, mommy,
0: I'm burning. Oh my God.
2: (laughs) Burning.
0: Best delivery of the fucking movie. That
2: uh, that soundbite is in the soundtrack, so if you want to throw it in, you, oh, you no, can very yeah. easily.
0: I'll throw that in here.
2: I'm burning. Look at me.
0: I'm
1: burning.
2: <laughs> See,
1: the thing is, uh, especially with... All of the sloppiness. I, I feel like cutting things down would have helped. And on top of that, I think... Yeah, we don't need the explanation. Uh,
2: just let it be strange and unusual. Let's try and build the narrative on our own through context.
1: Yeah, well, and I think I think what it still needs is just a a more confident hand in directing, almost. Yeah. You know, someone who's not scared of just saying oh, this is a question left unanswered. Um, it goes back to kind of thing we've been talking about in past episodes where there's a difference between ambiguity and vagueness. Yeah. Um, in that, you know, you can leave questions unanswered or ambiguous. You just have to be confident about leaving ambiguity there without being vague. You have to have an answer in your head. Well,
0: yeah, there's for sure... There, you have to give the viewer enough material that they can start to, like, formulate their own ideas. It's the difference between leaving the viewer asking themselves interesting questions or asking themselves frustrating questions.
1: Yeah. A lot of the exposition dumps, I feel like, additionally, are inherent flaws of translating Uh, You know, between video games and films, you know, where video games, especially the Silent Hill video games, you're an active participant and you're finding bits and pieces of exposition in organic objects that you pick up. And, you know, riddles that you solve, riddles that you solve, riddles are so important and notes and things like that. Ambient world building, that stuff really can't be translated to film in the same way no it
2: becomes a scavenger hunt in the movie like it's just like go to next place because she finds a weird thing and like in the and she does that over and over again and like and it's always just like find thing that takes to you to place whereas in the games it's like uh one of my favorite examples uh for for a quick aside is in two you come across uh, in the hotel you come across like a a clock and you try and move it and it won't budge and you know that, like, down the hall in that direction, like, you need, you need to get that way. So it's like, yeah, maybe if I get past the clock or whatever. And you you keep wandering on the hotel, and you find arrows written on the wall. And it's three arrows, and it says Henry Mildred Scott next to them. And, like, you think about this, and it's like, oh, okay, what, is, what does that mean? It's like, oh, hour, minute, second, Henry Mildred Scott. And it's weird. That's a, like, that's a, that's a really unusual puzzle, and sure enough. You go back to the clock, and you hour, minute, second, you put the hands on at that point, and you can push the clock aside. Who is it for? Who who drew that on the wall? Why is that there? Well, it's James exploring his own psychosis. You know, like, that's, that's all you need for the explanation. You don't need to have it explained to you that the janitor went in there and wrote it on the wall because the cult did this because of, the, you know, whatever. Like, who cares? I, I don't give a shit. I'm here to solve a weird riddle that doesn't make any sense. That's part of the fun of it. And yeah, once you start adding context, you ruin it like it, it takes the fun away.
1: Well, and for example, that's something you could absolutely not do in film. Yeah, You know, you can't do a riddle like that without it just falling on its face. And you mentioned that it felt like a, an amusement park ride of Silent Hill. I think a lot of that is where it works the best. Agreed. You know, I, 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 think, I still love the nurse scene for that it reason. it loses the plot a little bit when it tries to explain stuff and get convoluted, especially in the third act. A lot of the reason like this is, especially by me, considered the best video game movie is because I feel like a lot of Silent Hill, the games, are wandering around corridors listlessly, not knowing what's going to appear next, and I think that translates really well for a lot of the movie. It's the second half where it gets... It loses that element a bit, yeah. But overall, I think it does capture a lot of that spirit well.
0: I don't think it would ever be made, but I think that this is going to sound stupid, but like an art house director doing. Give me like a Silent David Lynch directing
2: Silent Hill. Oh I my mean, god, yeah.
0: Who I honestly Eraserhead already feels
2: like it's set there, like who, just about.
0: Who I, who I jumped to first, and this is going to sound pretentious, and I know he's dead, but give me a fucking Tarkovsky directed Silent Hill. <laughs> So much of Tarkovsky's stuff is, like, wandering around, like, these strange spaces, like, ruminating on deeply philosophical, psychological stuff, and I think that that lends itself to Silent Hill really well. I mean, that's a fucking pipe dream, obviously, you know? Uh, I think that that part of the the pitfalls of adapting a a video game into film is that you have to make it accessible even for people who haven't played the game and with so many video games like how do you do that well it just you have to make it accessible
2: <laughs> no. to like a, a much broader audience exactly and and yeah. not even just like people who haven't played the game because i i, I wonder too especially since you brought up that uh, originally sean bean's character wasn't in the original I, script. I
0: think he was at I, the very beginning I I be at careful, the very, very beginning. Yeah,
2: I, I want to be careful, like just blaming the director and writers for that as well, because I wouldn't be surprised if there were earlier cuts or scriptings of this film that actually adhered to a lot of like the critiques we're giving it and were cut because of boards. Were cut because of executives. Yeah, I, I could
1: definitely like, see studio interference. It's funny you mentioned writers because this was written by yes. Roger Avery, who wrote the original screenplay for Pulp Fiction.
0: yes he wrote i he wrote the story quote quote unquote he is the story's credit for pulp fiction which is very weird that he wrote this movie but also like i looked up the other shit that he's done and like pulp fiction's like his only good credit (laughs) so it's like uh i i know christoph gans did uh have a heavy hand in writing this script too he just didn't credit himself um I also saw that the original script was over 200 pages, so... Damn. Geez. Yikes. Damn. <laughs> Jesus, please. And that was even before the studio was like, there's no man in this movie. Wow. I can only imagine. Yeah, it was already way too long. Yeah,
1: well, it's so funny because I follow Roger Avery on Letterboxd. I found that he reviewed the Silent Hill sequel movie, yeah. which he had no pardon. And he rated it half star
2: with the review. (laughs) If I could rate this zero stars, I would. And I could not agree more. I saw it in theaters, and I had a really, really bad time. Oh, my God. I was, like, a little excited about it because I was thinking, like, Silent Hill 2, the movie. Oh, shit, it's going to be about James and my favorite video game ever. Neat. Neat. Can't wait to see this film. Didn't watch any of the trailers because I didn't want that spoiled for me. And oh God, was I so mad. Was I so angry. Has That's nothing to do with trailers. Silent Hill 2. Yo, okay, so uh, <laughs> spoilers for a really bad movie. Uh, first off, Malcolm McDowell's cameo could not save that film. I couldn't even begin and wouldn't want to break down the the garbage plot of that film. But one of the protagonists in it is the guy who plays Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. Kid Harrington. Kit Harington, oddly yeah. enough. Um, uh, but like, they go to silent hill they find out that like there's a new villain that's chasing them down i don't know who it's like some weird like femme character with like a blade head or something oh neat and uh it basically ends with someone like the girl finding out i want to say that like pyramid head is her dad or something (laughs) awful I don't. <laughs> I don't remember uh, what is, but it's really, really bad. I want to see but it. no, no, no. Get this. Get this. It Pyramid ends, Head is my dad. It ends with her summoning Pyramid Head to save them, and Pyramid Head fights the monster that's been hunting them down the whole movie. And there's a shitty monster fight nice. with terrible choreography.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that film also in 3D? I. Yes. 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 yes, yes it it was. was.
2: It's a mess. It's. It's. It is a wretched, terrible film. Do you?
0: Oh, it's bad. Do y'all remember? I didn't see the first Silent Hill in theaters. Do y'all remember if that was originally 3D too? Because there were multiple times when I was watching at this time, like this looks like it was shot for 3D.
2: I don't remember. It's 2006 though. That's that's primo like 3D. Don't, yeah, I, I know. Don't I know. Think for a, it was.
0: I know for a fact the second one was. But like, man, there's so like all of the times where they like look down into like the fiery hell depths, and like they follow like the the elevator cable down. It's mm-hmm. like in the foreground, or when they like go up over something. It's like everything. All a lot of the CG looks like it's supposed to be in like coming right at you. You know.
2: Yeah, and like pyramid heads blade coming through the wall right and stuff like yeah you're so right and i don't think it was it wasn't the second one and that's and that's was, extremely
0: baffling that is weird because a lot it of this, wasn't yeah a lot of this movie does look like it was shot for 3d weird, <laughs> weird. Yeah. um do we want to talk very briefly about the uh, the climax and the ending and then rate
1: this thing uh yes i also want to talk about the music oh yeah well. i feel like that's very crucial but let's talk about the climax first we can yeah. glo- you know <laughs> we can praise the music a little at the end
0: yeah so rose goes down into hell or whatever and makes a deal with the demon and comes back to the cult and the church and lets the demon out and uh that is one of the, the the what I would say is the cooler sequences, like the burned Alessa, like rising up from the pit on like this bed of barbed wire. Yeah, it's like
2: the 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 church organ, like uh, the gothic yeah. cathedral organ music starts coming in.
0: You know, she kills the whole cult uh, with just uh, barbed wire snacks uh, and. Those effects don't. Uh, yeah,
1: I good. will say those did not <laughs> the, hold up. The
0: the, barb, the barbed wire. The uh, doesn't look barbed incredible. wire
1: tentacle porn did not hold yeah, up. Yeah, that's well. something
0: absolutely worth noting. How weird Alice Craig's death is, because like, yeah. they definitely do just like fuck her to death with the with some barbed wire.
2: Well, it's. It's like a hentai scene, just yeah. about like it, it's, some, it, it's some. It's some. It's feels
1: very two thousands edgy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it
2: is trying way too hard to be edgy. Uh,
0: but you know, anyway, kills all the cult, but doesn't kill Rose or Sharon. And they get back in their car and they drive back home. But oh, what, what, what's this? They're in the fog the whole time, and they go into the house and it's still foggy. And then we cut to Sean Bean in the house but it's sunny, so they're still, even though they're back at the house, they're still trapped in purgatory or whatever.
2: (laughs) So that means all the convoluted plot was for nothing. None of it meant anything, really. And it's, they're trying for like a poltergeist kind of thing, you know. I think where it's like they're right next to each other, but there's you know like a, a dimension, they're a dimension away, a part, and, yeah, yeah, you or know, whatever. And uh, doesn't doesn't like does Sean, not like, work Sean for me. like
0: feels their presence or something. He smells a like perfume that. at yeah. one point,
2: and yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, they're they're going for like a poltergeist it's, sort of thing. And it, it doesn't it's work.
0: It's a hokey, like I would say, faux bleak ending. Like it would be bleak if I actually cared about any of these people. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. But yes, now let's, let's talk about something that we can certainly be unanimously positive on. By far, the film's shining aspect is its score, because all of the music is straight from the Silent Hill games.
1: Yeah, and it's all excellent. You know, it's all just Akira Yamaoka and his great, very industrial, very... Industrial uh, ambience, esoteric, yeah. you know, music cues, texture. You know, it goes from weird, you know, guitar, eccentric Stuff to piano stuff to very eraserhead esque. I will, He just noise. understands how
2: to make like those like off feeling sounds. Like one of uh, one of my favorite examples of it too is like to once again go back to Silent Hill Two. The the theme music for that game is almost like this like proggy indie track. But again, there's just something about it that feels just wrong, and it, it should be almost be like an upbeat track, and it feels like it would belong in like a like a '90s TV show or something. And it uh, it's cool, it, it, it's really neat. But he, he's so good at making you just feel like your equilibrium is is ajar, and you know, or is um your equilibrium is just off, and you're floating and you're alone and left well, in the dark Well
0: we uh when when Cleve and I were teenagers and uh making st- uh films and stuff in our spare time we did use a lot of tracks from uh from the Silent Hill movie squ- a lot squ- no, yeah a lot. a lot I mean I mean it's it's good shit um <laughs> I was really like kind of struck this time by like how almost jarring the quality difference is between like the music and the footage, the, the film. Yeah. Like there were multiple scenes where I'm like, I could not care about what the fuck is happening in this scene at all. And then a music cue will kick in and I'm like, this elevates everything so remarkably. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's almost like the film doesn't deserve how good the music is
2: <laughs> <laughs> i fully agree and and that's why akira yamaoka um i think deserves so much credit for the praise over the atmosphere of these games yeah because so much of it is responsible for that considering like the the ps1 ps2 era graphics like you're left with so much to your imagination and the music fills in every one of those gaps perfectly just pristinely and uh no so much of my memories of those games and like what i look at so fondly isn't the the thrills and chills it's me wandering around the streets trying to figure out where to go next wondering what's gonna you know what what building what monster am i going to see next what am i going to have to encounter through this fog what what next piece of information am i going to learn constantly being reminded that i'm alone that i have nothing else as I jot down my little map, as I take my notes, trying to understand what I'm looking at, what what is in this world, because no one else is going to do it for me. It's just me in this place, and you just and you get those those cues with the do 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 do, and it's just it's so soft and it's so quiet and empty, and to be. Put on contrast with those industrial sounds and that dragging metal and those reminders you know of like this like something horrifying being under the surface it it's all thanks to the music, man like what an incredible score I love it, I love the shit out of it I could go I could go on and on well,
0: now that you've talked about what works about the game so well for you, why don't you rate the
1: movie <laughs> three. <laughs> Cool. (laughs) Ben? Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half. I actually really enjoyed it. You know, obviously it has its story flaws, but aesthetically... I think it's really well done The production design is pretty solid While the CG is a little dated I think it captures The spirit of the games perfectly And I think it's paired by Fantastic music which like you said Really elevates that Aesthetic to another level Yeah I think it definitely has problems Much like the games do But I think overall It's the best video game movie Out there
2: yeah vi- you're right like like i mean visually it's a four point five if you know like uh and and would be a five if it wasn't for some bad c g like like i i I love some of those shots, but yeah man, the plot is so bad, <laughs> yeah, uh
0: if anybody can hear the fireworks in the background we're filming this on the Fourth of July, so happy America day, i guess um uh, wear a mask when you go outside <laughs> um i will I will definitely still agree that I think this is the best film adaptation of a video game at least that I have seen that's an extremely low bar but uh this is no alone in the dark that's for sure or blood rain um <laughs> uh but like man i this film has not aged super well with me while I like a lot of the production design and uh the music has more character than any of the actual characters in this movie. God, it's a fucking slog to get through. I was really bored for a lot of this this viewing. Um, I'm going to give it a two and a half out of five. But that'll mean it gets an average of three out of five pods. So let us know, what is your favorite film adaptation of a video game? How do you feel about Silent Hill? You can uh, get in touch with us on Twitter or whatever. Next week, it's Ben's Choice. Yes. And we're going to be talking about a movie that I'm very excited to have a chance to re-watch. Don't Breathe from 2016?
1: Something like that. 2016, it was, 2017? Uh, if I believe correctly, it was on my top five favorite horror movies of the decade yeah wow no, uh,
0: so cleveland has never seen it nope so uh it, that's gonna be exciting i will say i'm looking much more forward to it than i would a rewatch of silent hill <laughs> 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 but uh i don't think we need to do a sponsor this week since we were uh sponsored by dead by daylight at the beginning of the episode yeah I know we're
2: fine <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. Uh, let's uh I'm let's, ready to uh, eat dinner. Yeah, let's uh we'll we'll and play some dead by daylight. We'll go ahead
0: and wrap this up. Uh if you like the show, then uh leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, share us with your friends, spread the good, spooky word. Uh you can follow us on Twitter at Pod, pod and engage with us there, or check out our letterboxed at letterbox dot com slash pod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes. You can follow me on Twitter at DeepStateOzzy.
2: I'm on Twitter at Sheep. Hi, I'm occasionally tweeting for LightArk Studio as we further progress on its stairs Back making our way towards our next big content release. Um, It's taken us a little while, but man, it's going to be good when it comes out, I promise. Uh, Well, I mean, (laughs) maybe. I'll I'll leave it to you, but I I think it's going to be good. Anyway, uh, you can also find my work on ArtStation. And uh, on top of that, too, I'm going to throw a little shout-out towards uh, the folks over at Dread Central and the uh, Dread Collection video games as well. Uh, I uh, just recently did the key art, uh, the cover art for the Dread Collection 2 uh, go check it out. Check out some fun uh, indie compilation games. Uh, you can play. horror games. Yes, if you like horror and you like horror indie games, um, there's a there's some there's a nice selection there. There's some fun games to play. Pretty hype to uh, be a part of that as well. Yeah. So shout out to uh, the folks over at Dread Central and uh, the Dread Collection in general, and all the awesome devs working on those uh those fun projects. Uh, I think that's it for me. Oh, well, no. Uh, If you want some spooky art of your own, you can also contact me via my art station under Cleveland Mosier and uh, maybe get a piece commissioned yourself as well. Commissions are generally open, so feel free to contact me and we'll, we'll do some spooky art together. That's all.
0: All right. Well, that'll do it for us. So until next time... Uh... I
1: got nothing. Don't go to Silent Hill. Don't do it. (laughs) Bye.